Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Hey guys, and welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, episode 229, featuring Postfly founder Brian Runnels. Postfly is a fly fishing subscription box service that offers everything you need, whether you're a seasoned veteran fly fisher or just starting out looking to get into the sport. As you might have guessed, Postfly was started because Brian wanted to make it easy to get into fly fishing. It's a very technical thing to get into. There's a lot of information, and when you're just starting out, I'm sure for anyone listening, if you have the same interest, it's easy to see how daunting it could be to break into it. With starting Postfly, he wanted to take the guesswork out of the process so that anyone could really just jump in and has a better shot at navigating the beginning stages of figuring out fly fishing. They do a lot of the legwork that has traditionally been the difficult part of fly fishing. And that's a pretty big deal, especially considering all the people who would want to start to fly fish, but are intimidated by the learning curve. In this episode, Brian dives into how he managed to build the proverbial plane in the air and build Postfly from just an idea to a thriving business. He also talks about the importance of strong relationships, logistics behind operating a subscription box service, and his thoughts on keeping manufacturing strictly in the U.S. Buckle up for that one. One thing's clear throughout the entire episode, Brian has incredible passion for what he does. It's something that's super apparent when you're listening to the episode, and I, I just even hearing him talk gets me excited for this episode. He's a really opinionated guy, but in the best way, and I know that anyone listening is going to be completely drawn in to everything he has to say. And beyond that, he really goes into detail on his story. It's really interesting. He, he really dives into all the trials and tribulations that helped him get to where he needed to get to to build Postfly. I don't want to spoil too much of it. It is a rocky roller coaster, and it's an incredible story. So without any further ado, let's just jump into it. Here is Brian Runnels, founder of Postfly. Enjoy it, guys. Awesome. Cool. All right. Brian, uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so for all the listeners out there, who are you? Who is Brian Reynolds? So I am a husband, father of daughters, uh, and also founder and uh, oops, uh, founder and president of uh, Recur Outdoors. Um, but most people listening, if you know about us, would know us as uh, either Postfly or uh, Wade Rods or uh, Bad Fish, which is a new uh, brand uh, we started about a year ago, um, and um, uh, we uh, we are direct to consumer uh, ecom uh, business uh, in the fishing space, um, and yeah, so that's that's who I am. That's I didn't realize that you guys. I know you had a couple other brands. I didn't realize it was so uh, you know I guess honed in. I thought it was just like maybe another digital marketing thing that's yeah i guess it makes more more sense i mean like you know if you're doing fly fishing you might as well stick with what you know yeah there's um there's certainly a lot of you know we, we sort of wanted to take on a, a lot of uh, the frustration uh in fly fishing for consumers uh which is abundant uh especially when you're getting into it uh and that was just sort of that, that's always been our sort of north stars like how do we how do we take some of this shit I hope I can hope that's okay if I say shit, but oh yeah, uh, you know, you're take, good. take take some of the shit that is like that would normally drive people away from wanting to learn it, and like how do we change something about that to actually make that something that would invite them into it? Um, and that approach has sort of um, really 
helped us be successful and helped us grow and, and what have you. And, um, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's our deal. Awesome. Um, so for Postfly, what is Postfly? So Postfly is a sort of monthly, Oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't call this anymore cause it's evolving a bit, but, um, it's sort of a monthly, um, uh, subscription, uh, club, if you will. Uh, and every month you get, uh, flies and gear and various sort of products um, and a lot of education and information on those products and those flies uh, for your area. So if you're learning how to, you know, use a fly rod and you're out in you know, Colorado, um, you're going to get products and flies that are specific to not only your area, but specific to that sort of very uh, time period that you would get them. Um, that's one of the frustrating things in fly fishing uh, is the amount of stuff is in particular on the fly level um, that changes, uh, you know, you can get wicked micro with it and uh, it literally changes hour by hour when you're actually fishing. But um, really like, you know, week by week, month by month, season by season, a lot of the stuff that you need to go out and be successful changes. Um, and so we really built a platform where, um, we handle all of that stuff so that you don't have to worry about it and you just get a box from us that's fun, uh, and loaded with information and loaded with products and you can throw it in your truck or whatever and just take that box and go fishing, uh, and, and sort of not have to worry about all of the, the, the rest of it, um, that has, you know, just traditionally been like a frustrating difficult part of learning how to fly fish we kind of like just like <clears throat> shortcut that whole thing you just get right to the right to the fun part so um so yeah so that's um that's sort of ten thousand foot view um on post fly um we recently started to sort of explore outside the subscription component which actually has gone very well um and so it's something where we're gonna we're gonna uh dive into pretty hard uh and, you know in the coming year in, in 21 um, but, uh, similar sort of idea of, of these curated, um, you know, collections of, of products, um, you know, fly fishing products, uh, but, um, available without actually having to like commit to a, you know, a, a frequency or a subscription or anything like that. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's post fly. It kind of makes sense. I mean, I, I'm sure there's a ton of other people out there. And I mean, we obviously, when we talked a little bit offline, this is the same case for you, but like, I, I've always wanted to get into fly fishing. It seems kind of cool. It seems like nice, but with all the gear, it, you know, it's one of those things where it's so nuanced and like, if you don't know what, what the fuck you're doing, there's no yeah. way you're going to be able to like waltz and be like, all right, I guess I'll just like buy all this expensive gear yeah. and mosey on. Yeah. It's so like, that was the... I started this thing in my basement out of that frustration, exactly what you just said. So I'd grown up fishing my whole life, um, not fly fishing, but I grew up uh, uh, just north of Boston. I did a lot of saltwater fishing. Like that's all I was doing. I had a fishing rod. It's, it's, I love to do it. And, and I was probably, I don't know, a couple years after college or something and um, started getting introduced to fly fishing or got invited to do it, whatever. And obviously didn't know a thing about it. And really was trying to learn and trying to figure out what, what do I need and how do I not look like a moron when I'm trying to do this. Um, and I was living in Boston at the time, the closest fly shop was like at least an hour away. So that was just not, that was not viable to spend that much time to go drive, to learn about something I don't even know. 
Um, and at that time, this was eight years ago, this was 2013, um, there was very little on the internet for fly fishing. Very uh, astonishingly, li- like almost nothing. This is um, all old guys. Th- th- it was all old guys, right? So, so I'll, we could get into the story of, of, of the fly fishing today versus, versus, but like eight years ago, doesn't feel like that long ago, but there was nothing that existed. There was no, the, the e-com uh, uh, sort of what existed was, was terrible. There was no information. Um, shouldn't say there, there was no information. There was information. It was just fragmented. So you had to go to a million places to get it. Um, so it was a disaster. Um, <laughs> my, my wife at the time had signed me up as a gift or Christmas gift or whatever, a, uh, for a, 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 lore, a fishing lure subscription club thing. Um, and I just loved it. I just, for no other reason than being introduced to new products and just having like an exciting piece of mail. That's not a fucking bill arrive, you know, once a month. Um, and I, I was like, man, I like, I wish I did this. Like I, I, this is, this is such a cool thing. And I start having those ideas and, uh, and, um, I just was like, wait a minute. I'm, tr- I connected the dots. I'm like, I'm trying to learn fly fishing. This is a great way to learn about shit. And this doesn't exist for fly fishing. And that was enough to sort of like, just start figuring it out from there and so that that was that just bring it back like that exact frustration that you mentioned like the 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 challenge of getting into it the challenge of learning the intimidation um was uh what that was exactly what was going on with me and that's the exact problem that we we're you know we're we're solving with uh with plus fly today so um you know don't be if you're, if you want to get into it, uh, there is a way, um, we <laughs> have, have faith, uh, we can help you. Yeah. And for, for anyone listening, by the way, like it, we have, um, Postfly featured as a first look. And if you go on Postfly's website, it actually really breaks it down, like what you get. And it, you know, it, you don't have to worry about like what type of fish and what type of fly that's, I guess, taken care of, which is the most intimidating part. I mean, you know, getting in the water seems like takes it's pretty simple after that relatively speaking but yeah it's 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 you know there's there's the there's the i don't know how you would say it like the just the the upfront not only financial cost but just like time cost of figuring everything out and knowing where to go and all that type of stuff and then there's obviously the more tactical part um the nice thing with the, the tactical part of actually doing it like you, you go at your own pace. You know, there's no, there is no, like th- that's the fun stuff is, is sort of going through it when you're, when you're actually out there doing it. The, 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 the thing that sucked the absolute most uh, was just getting to that point. That's, that was the part that was like keeping people from actually putting a fly rod in their hand with, with everything that came before, you know, getting your, getting your boots in the river. So, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. What did you do uh, before you started Postfly? Um, I had a, did a few different things, but primarily it was in software sales. Um, I um, I was out in uh, San Francisco for a few years um, and got in pretty early with a with a, a young sort of growing um, st- you know tech company and um, got to see it go from this very little thing and I think there were eight of us and. Uh, go through a, a few years and it grew like crazy and it wound up getting acquired by a big software company. And, um, it, that experience was like probably the most like rich learning experience of my lifetime. Just like being part of something like that and being so close to the people that like were making it happen and all this. And, um, 
I had the bug. So I had a bug after that, and I didn't know what for, and I didn't know how, and I I didn't know. But like that was seeing it happen, like seeing that like dream basically like happen for you know in in real time uh, yeah. was um that was enough for me. And and again, I didn't know right away what I wanted to do, and I um I I certainly never would have imagined that it would have been this, but um uh, I I I had the, I just had the the bug and the drive and whatever to. Uh, to to make it happen yeah and i mean i guess even being out there then you got the tools to do it and if you're you know for what you were doing that's like the perfect thing to be starting some kind of subscription service i feel like that's right the ultimate layup right yeah and at that time like the subscription thing was i mean it's 2020 i mean there's a subscription for everything right now right like oh, yeah. freaking underpants or weed <laughs> or what i mean literally you can it's there's nothing that is not available on subscription eight years ago, there were only a few. I mean, the subscription thing was very new. It was very novelty. There was like Birchbox was like the big one, like makeup for, for women. And yeah. I think the razor, the razor clubs had like just started at that time and it was were exciting and cool. So like that was like a really new in thing uh, at the time. And like, there was just a lot of excitement around this whole like, whoa, subscriptions and like recurring revenue and all this stuff. And um, and, uh, so like, that was another like big part of like, how are we going to do it? What are we going to do? Like, wh what's the business, all that type of stuff. It was like, we, we sort of looked at that right away and we're like, this is probably the right way to do this. And, and, you know, and took yeah. it from there. That's so you guys really got on board or, I mean, even like Netflix was still getting going then. Like it wasn't like a, everyone Dude, had that. Dude, Netflix was probably sending DVDs back then. Like, like I don't even think they were streaming anything back then. Um, like, it, this was it was it, it's crazy uh, how much has happened um, in that time frame. Like, I'm not even sure if I had an iPhone when I like eight years ago. I could be wrong. I, I, maybe I did, but like, I, 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 you know, it's 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 like also only a lifetime ago um, in, in sort of how much has changed. But um, yeah, but anyway, like, the, the, like that was a the, you know. That was just such a big thing to, um, or such a big like driver of this was like, we're going to figure out how to make this like this recurring revenue. It's going to be about building a business. It's not going to be about like making a thing so we can go fishing for free or get free fishing stuff or whatever. And, and, this, yeah. and anyway, the, the recurring the, the uh, subscription component was such a, uh, just such a huge part of that. You know, even I, I don't think that the fly fishing world has as much of a problem because I think there are like, you know, people out there in the dead of winter, but for like seasonal businesses like that, like you take the, you take it out of the equation, having to worry about like finding people who are still out there, like looking for this mm. stuff. I mean, subscription as a whole, especially for the outdoor uh, industry, you know, people aren't always thinking about like fly fishing in the dead of winter, except for like the diehard fans. So I feel like that, you know, the fact that you can get on that is everything. That's amazing. It, yeah, it's huge. I mean, it, it um, I, I don't want to say we don't, we we're immune to seasonality cause we're definitely not. Um, yeah. but, um, obviously it, it's, it's, it's huge. I mean, I, I would, if you were to just compare like just revenue percentages of a, of a, like a large fly shop, like brick and mortar shop or like a chain of them or whatever, the the it would be so loaded into the 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 you know you know late march april you know through to to september october and um and and they'd have a pretty a pretty tough time uh 
sort of you know early winter and you know really late fall through uh, through the winter but um uh you know it it's such a great way for us you know to to as a, as a business for us to to get through that uh, that period and stay cranking and stay relevant to our customers and you know stay in front of them that's another big thing it's like yeah. just actually keeping your brand and your voice and like anything at all in front of your customer like when they otherwise might not actually be thinking about you is fucking huge i mean that's like that's like the most important thing for any brand is having your customer remember you when they don't want to or when they're not thinking about you or when they they forgot about you or whatever um and um so anyway that uh yeah the, the uh, if you can't tell right i'm very big on the subscription thing very big on recurring revenue um and if anybody you know if there's anybody listening out there that is wants to chat about it or learn or talk or wants to start their own business or whatever like you, you know send them to me i'll i'll rattle their ear off about uh, anything they want about about uh, recurring revenue. So how did you find, I mean, maybe it's a little bit easier because what you're offering is pretty specific. Like there are people who want to get into it or just get that information, you know, kind of delivered to them. How, how did you find that perfect person, that perfect, like, uh, I guess uh, your, your demographic? I mean, pretty much from the very first day we have been uh, doing paid ads. Um, and uh that I, I we've spent i mean nickels outside of facebook in eight years we we all of our marketing budget goes into goes into facebook still does um we're we keep thinking maybe we we it's dried up but it keeps just keeps on giving um and uh and we're just you know we're, we're going to continue um doing what we do but it's the perfect platform for us because it can um it can take very specific interests, very specific demographics, yeah. very specific geographics, um, where we know our customers are like, you know, a great example is like the Rocky mountains, right? It's just, there's a lot that's like the epicenter of fly fishing. Oh, yeah. Um, so we can find, you know, age rate, everything. So we can find exactly that person that fits our sort of like profile and, um, and, um, you know, and, and get our stuff in front of them. And, um, and then, you know, we gotta, you know, we can put an ad in front of them and then we got some work to do to make sure that like, you know, it's compelling. It gets them to the website and the website has to do, do its job of, um, being compelling again and, 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 and showing the value proposition and making it fun and easy and blah, blah, blah. blah. And, and, you know, obviously getting them to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, this is exciting. I, I really, I really would look forward to getting this thing in the mail, whether it's every month or, you know, for three months or give it as a gift or, or whatever it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that's, that's, that's pretty much, you know, that, that ad platform has been, um, has, you know, pretty much what we've, what we've built off of. We got the concept down. Um, you developed your marketing, you basically have this thing ready to go, but how did you find all the partners, all the, I guess, brands yeah. and the, the relationship there. How did you build it? How do you convince them to get a part of this thing? Was there any pushback? Yeah. Major journey. <laughs> um, great question too. Um, so I will tell you, I, we're going to go on a little story here. Um, right. and it's Buckle probably going to wind up, it's, good. <laughs> it's probably going to be a little long winded, but, um, whatever, hopefully it's worth it. Um, so rewind very first shipment I did, I had 
eight customers. Okay. I was doing this in my basement and eight car. I was fucking psyched. I was like, Oh my God, people are going to buy, you know, buying this thing this is amazing. So I, I, I get these eight customers in month one. And I then realized very quickly, like, shit, I actually don't even know what I'm going to send to these people and where I'm going to get it and whatever. Like I went, I, 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 I sold it first and then figured out like, okay, now what I actually do for these people and had no clue, literally no clue about, you know, how to get wholesale relationships in, in the fishing industry or anything like that. Um, and the very first, so this, this very first shipment, I literally walked into an Orvis uh, retail store. I just bought a bunch of shit and put it in re repackaged it, put it in boxes and sent it and sent it out to these eight people. And like, that was the beginning. Now, obviously, you cannot build a business by going into Orvis, paying retail for things, and then, and then sending them out to people who pay you about half of what you just paid Orvis. So that was not a good business plan uh, uh, for how we were going to deal with inventory. Um, but from like that, like as soon as I realized that people will buy this thing, people have the same problem that I had, which was like being frustrated about getting into fly fishing. I, I was like committed as hell to figuring out the, la the whole landscape of the industry. Um, you know, who are the players? Who are the manufacturers? Where does all this stuff come from? Who are the brands that everybody trusts? Or like what brands are in every single fly shop? Um, what are the must-have things for fly fishing? There's a lot of fluff in, in fly fishing. Like that is insane. But, uh, you know, really figuring out like what are the really the core components, the core products that you like actually do need um, to go out there and, and do what you got to do. And I just hustled my ass off, um, you know, figuring that out, making phone calls, going to trade shows, just bugging the shit out of people on the internet, you know, email and whatever. And, um, and, you know, got some wholesale relationships, buying flies, um, started, you know, getting some relationships to get other products. Um, and the, the fly thing was one part of it. Like, that wasn't once I figured out who was doing what and where to buy things and where to get them made and all that, like that wasn't all that difficult because they were happy to take the order and, 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 and make the flies. Um, the products were a little different because I'm this little time. I was this little tiny nothing. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I was basically like, I was under like a, like operating on like an act as if uh, basis. So like, really really like pumping this thing up like it's going to be this thing and we're going to have you know we're projecting you know 300 subscribers next month and, and like we may have had like 30 customers when i said that and but like i had to like put the energy in the, i mean maybe it's lying maybe fibbing whatever how we were gonna call it but like if i had to put the energy into it because otherwise like these people just would have ignored me and they never would have done anything um and so like that was it and and i got you know Get just sort of built from there. Started figuring out who, and who, who, who we could, you know, have these relationships with, and and um, you know, make sure we did what we said we were going to do. And if I said I was going to buy 300 things from you, even if I only had 30 customers, well, fuck, I had to buy those fucking 300 things. And then I sat on them for you know six months or three months or whatever until we could you know recycle them through all of our all of our boxes. But um, that was uh, that was sort of the. Um, sort of the, the beginning and, and, and rolled from there. And, um, the, uh, the fly sort of component of it, um, you know, was kind of, like I said, kind of easy at the beginning when we were small. Um, you know, maybe we needed, I don't know, 
I literally don't even know the number, but like amount of flies like measured in hundreds, like maybe, I don't know, five dozen of this one and two dozen of this pattern and three dozen. It wasn't a ton, ton of stuff. Um, and as we grew, obviously like that situation grows with it. Um, uh, I think like now we move 150,000 or so flies a month. So we went from almost nothing to, to a ridiculous amount of hooks that, that, uh, we're moving and, um, that started creating challenges. So, uh, got to the point where I was like, we, we kind of, we're going to have to like be, this is sort of, you know, forgive me for using like a buzzword, but like, we're gonna have to be like kind of like vertical on this. Like, like we're going to have to be involved in the production side on these flies because this is the one thing that we are always going to need. It's never going to stop. It will always grow. And it's probably the most important thing that we put in these boxes. Um, and once, you know, sort of realized that I started, I literally started just traveling around the world. So uh, there's a ton, the journey begins. Um, and God bless my wife for, I don't even know how she let me do this, by the way. I mean, I had, I had like a one-year-old, I, I have no idea how she, how she was letting me, allowing me to do this, but, um, you know, there's like a bunch of, uh, commercial fly tying operations out of Kenya, um, which we were buying out of for a while, but like they make an okay product, but it's very inconsistent and like not that reliable from like a, from like a business relationship level. Um, and so that was, that was a bust. We're like, eh, this is not, that's not gonna work. Um, and then I wound up in Southeast Asia, um, where I had sort of met someone that was involved in the fly, in the fly production uh, industry and he was going to go out on his own. And, um, and, but, you know, I guess sort of, so he sold me whatever, but I, I he didn't sell. I, I was, I was into it. I was like, yeah, let's do this. It's gonna be great. And, we went into business together and, um, and we started a, uh, started like our own commercial uh, tying operation. And that was a disaster, uh, financial and cultural disaster. I mean, it was a complete disaster. Um, and, uh, it was just this thing sort of thing. I, I just got into business with the wrong person and, um, I was not really equipped to like, be able to like actually like i was not equipped to be able to manage that and, and and dig out of that uh from the other side of the world um uh and so we had to essentially just like run away from that situation uh and leave we, we well, the company almost went under actually at that point uh, because we spent a exorbitant amount of money to get that thing uh operating got zero of that money back and uh had to beg some friends and family for a little bit of scratch to like just keep going at that point um and uh and they you know thankfully they they did and uh and we were able to sort of continue on um but silver lining uh on that one i swear to god the story is going to end soon um but uh <laughs> no i'm, I'm on the edge of my seat here you're good yeah. The silver lining on that uh, is that I wound up going backwards um, and getting in touch with the folks that this guy that I went into business with used to work with. Um, and we sort of hit it off right away. They had an existing uh, commercial operation um, 
that was going primarily focused on like really high end, like European salmon flies, Canadian salmon flies, like really nice, nice, expensive stuff. Um, but what they weren't making was trout flies for the U S market. And so it was kind of like a love at first sight thing. It was like, wait a minute, you have a team of people that are highly capable and qualified and experienced to make the stuff that I need. And I have access to a market that you guys want to get into. And, and and as they say, the rest is history. And, um, and so we have been, uh, uh, involved with these guys now for three, four years. Um, we actually, we've, worked out, you know, sort of partnership, uh, level stuff where, you know, the, the, the folks that own that business actually have a stake in our business. We have a stake in the, uh, in the, in the, um, in the production business over there. Uh, and it is probably the single, if there was, if there's one thing that we did right, or one thing that like we could point out and be like, this is how we were able to get where we are today it is that. Um, it is, it is having a, a completely like honest, transparent and trust, like trusting relationship with our, our most important supplier. Um, and, uh, and like being involved, like not just being like, we're going to buy shit from you, like being involved, being over there a couple times a year, having relationships with the people that work there, going above and beyond for, for the, for the people that work there. And that's a whole other story. Um, you know, which, which we can get into, but this whole, like in fly fishing, there's this fucking whole thing of, of, you know, like made in America. And, you know, if it's not made in America, then you suck and all this stuff. And I, you know, to me, it's, it's the, it's such a load of shit. Um, I, it drives me nuts when I see people that, that talk like that. It drives me nuts when I hear about it. Um, and, uh, and so we do a lot to like bring our, um, production story and like bring our partnership story to the front. So our customers actually see like who is making their flies. Like in every box that we send, there's a, there's sort of like a bio on one of the tires, um, that, uh, is, is, is at our uh, production facility of which there are like 150 people. So there's, you know, we we're able to like, give these really, really good opportunities to these people who really don't have a lot of really good opportunities and safe jobs and clean jobs and like people that actually care about them. And we're able to do that. And so like that for me is such an important part of this. Um, and I'm like on a crusade almost like when I, when I hear about the made in US and whatever, like it all, it makes me want to, I ratchet the dial up further when, when, when we get into this stuff, sometimes it comes from customers, you know, we, we, sometimes it comes from just the general chatter out there, sometimes partners, whatever, but like anytime I see it or hear it or whatever, I'm like, fuck, we're fucking cranking it up. We're going to, we're going to, now we're going to go over there. We're going to shoot a little video about, you know, who these people are and, 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 you know, what they're capable of doing. And, uh, and the fact that they do all this work for our customers who, you know, uh, every single month, all that type of stuff. So anyway, we've arrived at the end of our story. So, that is that is the sort of like supply and uh, and uh, like production side of this thing and um, that uh, yeah man that has been without a doubt like the most both the most challenging uh, part of this business uh, but easily the most rewarding so it, it, it's it 
it's very sort of weird emotional uh, cyclone, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's been uh, that part has been uh, quite a ride. Relationships will always be the most important thing. I mean, at this point, forget business in life. I mean, it, right. it's a connection to, to everything. Like even something as simple as, um, you know, like finding that line to like have a stake in each other's, you know, businesses and actually like be, you know, on that level of caring just makes so much more sense. Cause you know, if something bad happens or whatever, you, you care, like caring yeah. goes so much farther when you actually like, give a fuck what's on the other end. Yeah. Yeah, it's been um, yeah, like I said, like number one, number one best thing that uh, the, the sort of decision-wise that uh, that we've uh, we've made through the years. So, yeah, um, yeah, man. So w- with that, how do you manage the logistics of dealing with like multiple brands and the shipping, and you know, you get the product and then you ship it out? Is there like a some yeah. kind of fulfillment center that you work with or something like that? Yep. Uh, we do have a fulfillment center. I'm standing in it right now. It is in our office. Um, nice. so we have, uh, we, we touch literally every, everything in this business. There's nothing, there's nothing that, uh, is just simply outsourced. Um, so we made a decision a while ago, um, and learned that the fulfill- fulfillment's a whole other beast. Um, but we made the decision a long time ago that we were going to do it because of, because, we wanted to make sure that every single customer has the experience that they're supposed to have when they commit to buy product from us. Um, and so we invested in it. So we moved into a space that was like five times bigger than our other office. And, um, you know, we have, I've got full-time staff that all they do is fulfillment. We've got part-time staff that all they do is come in and pack boxes every day. Um, and, uh, yeah. And that's like, that's just, part of something you know, it was a decision we made because we, because we wanted to do it this way and um and uh it's just part of how we how we uh how we roll our business but um so the fulfillment thing is 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 interesting um and fun and, and all those things and, I, and you know these guys right now are moving somewhere in the universe of like nine ten thousand shipments a month out the door um across post fly and and, and wade rods and, and bad fish so they're oh you know God. they're 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 busy <laughs> they use a lot of tape uh, we, 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 they, we got some, we got some of the best box folders in the world, man. Uh, you know, they, they, they make walls of boxes around here. It's pretty, it's actually pretty impressive. Um, but, yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, man, the rest of it, the logistics stuff and, and getting products on it's, it's a, it's a tango. Um, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier, like some, you, you know, like sometimes like we, you know, we, what was I going to say? Now you're going to have to edit this out. What the hell was I going with this? Oh, Hang on. I, I can help out here. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Just the, the, the logistics of like, uh, like, like coordinating shipping and, ah, and yes, all yes, that yes. stuff. Yeah. 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 No. So um, what was I saying though? It's like a tango. So um, oh, yeah. like there's, you said earlier, like the relationship part is so important. So there are brands and suppliers and whatever. Then, you know, again, our fly factory is, is, is a huge you know piece of that. Um, but like there's the people that know your business that trust you. Like you have a working relationship, you pay on time and you, but you know, you do what you say you're going to do and whatever. Yeah. And like very rarely do we ever have an issue with those partners of ours. Almost never. Like even on the fly side, these stuff, this, this, these, these flies come from the other side of the world 
They're making 150,000 flies a month right now. They're never late. <laughs> never, never late, which is unfucking believable that they have never been late shipping things to us. Um, volume too. Yeah, like that's nuts. insane. I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but uh, I would presume that there is nobody in the world that moves more flies than we do. Well, than really than they do to us. And then we do to our customers um, on, on any given month. Um, I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't, I don't think that exists. Um, so it's, it's anyway, it's very, very impressive. Now, meanwhile, um, you know, we, we sort of got on this like made in America thing earlier. Right. So like we try as hard and as often as we can to support anybody in the fishing community in this country that we cross paths with. If there's a way to do it and we get along and we like what you're doing and we like you, we want to fucking help you. Um, and we always try to find a way. That is where we run into trouble. That is where things are late. That is where promises are dropped and things go unfulfilled and all these things. And, and that is part, again, I'll go like sort of go back to what I was saying earlier about, about this made in America stuff. Like, the consumer wants to do this whole made in America parade thing all the time. But what they don't understand is that it's not actually practical. It's not actually viable to be sitting in your basement and like lathing a, a um, you know, like a, like a saltwater plug or something like that for saltwater fishing or like pouring molds for soft plastics or fucking tying flies. I mean, forget about it. Um, you, you cannot do that at scale. So like, I, it's, it's so hard because I like people are just, they, they want it, they want it, they want it, but what they don't understand is like that doesn't actually work for a volume operation. It, it, it's, it's almost impossible. It's not, it's not impossible. It does happen. Uh, there are folks out there that are doing it and I give them all the credit in the world because they're probably the hardest working fucking people on planet earth. Um, but that is the exception. That is not the rule. It, it more often than not, um, that like, that's where we run into trouble. Um, and it's just sort of part of it. Like we, we, we now plan for it. So if we have like a newer relationship with someone or getting a product, like, and we don't really know, like, it's like a new product or like this, someone's just starting something or whatever, where we just met somebody, like we might plan two products for one slot for that particular month in the bot, you know, in the subscription box, because where we've gone through enough times we're like it's not worth finding out the day before we're supposed to run a fulfillment you know batch of 5000 orders that this guy actually can't get these things to us and so we you know we then obviously we have a backup so um so yeah so that it's it's a like I said man it's a tangle it's like we 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 do we we we've learned so much over the years and like we just do what we can to try to like again like do the thing that we do and, 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 and have these tight relationships with our partners and grow our business and help them grow their business. And then when we meet new people along the way, like we, we try, we try to bring them into it and some, you know, some it works great and some are able to sort of, to, to sort of like hang on and, and, and do it with us and like, and, and, and do their thing. And, and sometimes like I said, sometimes it, it just doesn't happen and, and it's sort of a, sort of a bummer, but, uh, you know, whatever. I've sort of been. It does happen. Yeah. Hell yeah, it happens all the time. But um, anyway, yeah. So that's that's sort of that's the deal. And to go to go with what you said specifically about um, you know, the made in American stuff. I, 
again, we were talking about this uh, offline a little bit, but I think it's also kind of crazy when people really just hone in on that one detail because, you know, for what you just said, the quality does not always mean it's better and it doesn't always mean that you're supporting as many people as you possibly can because that's always a big argument. It's like, you know, support like Americans, but also you're helping someone. You're giving someone a livelihood. So I, I, yeah. I don't know. It, it seems like it's a ve- it's a weird thing that ended up getting politicized, and it ended up getting it was politicized politicized in like World War II, where that when I was like important, there was like weird global tension. But like, it's not quite the same as it. It no. just stuck. There was no change for like we exchange information differently now with the internet and just even like obviously subscription boxes yeah. like things like that. Yeah. So uh, that yeah. seems like it needs an update. <laughs> Yeah, there's it's it's dude that again, (laughs) this fires me up so much. So like, there's so many things going on here with the main America thing. Like, yeah, whether it's coming from a customer or like just like the sort of noise on social media of which there is a lot, um, or or wherever. But like, you know, my thing is like, listen, could could you know could we have a fucking warehouse somewhere and stuff? You know, I, I, I literally don't, wouldn't even know where to find these people, but like, could we stuff a hundred people in there and have them tie flies all day long? Like, A, nobody is going to do that job. Like, that's the one thing I think people in, in, in this country, like, don't really like come to terms with is that they're fighting for something they don't even want. They don't know, don't want these jobs. There's a reason why like factories moved overseas. There's a reason why like a lot of this, like, this, this sort of like hand labor stuff moved overseas because fucking Americans, I hate to say it, we're lazy. We're lazy. Don't <laughs> shoot me for saying that. We're fucking lazy. We'd rather chill, drink a beer, watch TV, watch Netflix or whatever. And that's fine. I love it. That's totally, there's nothing wrong with it. But like, don't tell me that you would do that job because that's why the job is gone. And so that's like the number one thing is that they're fighting for a job that would never do anyway or that, or that like it's almost impossible to get done. Um, and then the other side of it is like, okay, so I, you know, it will obviously I'll talk in the context of, of my business, but like, I've got a team of people here, a whole range of people. We got part-time people. We got people that are doing operations. I got fulfilling people. I got customer service people. I got people on salaries. I got people with fucking stock options. Like you are more concerned with where the thing is made and you're so, oh, that could have been an American job, but it's like, bro, I got jobs that like required people to have college degrees and they get paid salaries and they have health insurance and all stuff. It's like you, there's no, that always, that never comes into the conversation. And and anyway, and again, you can obviously tell I very, I get very fired up by this, but there's, there's just so much more um, than where a product is made uh, that it's really too bad that people don't sort of don't that like either don't see it or don't get it or don't want to get it. Um, but there, there is so unimportant, like what the label says, where that thing came from. Um, uh, it, maybe that's just my opinion, but whatever, this is my business. So that's my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, uh, there's, it doesn't matter what you say. Someone's going to be pissed off or mad at you. Oh yeah. So it's, totally. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, again, like I, there, there well, shouldn't I'll, just be one thing. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you what too. It's like, it's like they, they'll be pissed off if you um, don't make it in America, but they'll also be pissed off if we were like, all right, we're going to make it in America and we're going to charge you four times the price. And yeah, like, yeah. So now you're, now you're just going to be more pissed off because you, you're not going to pay for it and you, you're not going to be a customer. So anyway, again, it's something that's like, that's something, this whole conversation I'm very passionate about. 
it's what drives me. It's what, it's what, uh, sort of like, you know, forces us to like, make sure that we're, we're whoever we work with, wherever the product comes from, whatever we manufacture, whatever it is, like, we are going to do the absolute best that you will ever find anywhere, period. We will make you the best commercially made fly on planet Earth. It does not ma matter where it came from. Um, and, and that attitude literally comes from like this conversation because I'm so sick of hearing this thing about uh, people being, being like worried about where, you know, where things are coming from. So anyway, yeah. I'll I, have a sip of beer now. Yeah, no, that <laughs> – yeah, I'm. Uh, this is this is what I you know. I wish more people could be uh, as fired up about this shit. It's it. Yeah, dude. It's so. Oh God, I could literally go on all day about this. It's so. It's just. There's just so many, so many levels of it in um in in my in you know in my little industry here. And, mm -hmm. But listen, so it's very important. Like asterisk here, right? Like, I am very much not shitting on products that are made in. America. I'm not saying that that, that it's like products that are made in America are not, you know, are, are not good quality or in many cases maybe aren't better quality than, than, than getting from, there's nothing wrong with it, right? There's nothing that, like the, the products are great. It's just like when it comes to like a, uh, like in the context of a, of, of scaling a business or growing a business or like doing the right thing for your customer, it oftentimes doesn't work. A, a, a consumer that is, you know, interested in learning fly fishing, Fucking does not need a $900 fishing rod. That is insane. That is yeah. absolutely insane. Right? Like, like that, the, the, the whole idea of, in, of, of, of that, like this ultra, ultra expensive gear, that doesn't mean it's a, it's, it's bad, whatever. It doesn't, it's some of the best fly fishing equipment in the world. Right? It's great. Thousand dollar rod, $1,500 reel. Awesome. It doesn't work for, it doesn't work for a 22 year old kid or 25 year old kid that wants to, you know, that wants to learn the sport. Um, and, and then like um, upgrade too, and, like to maybe something at, beyond that. Right. Or, or, I mean, or the, the other sort of the sort of like the tough part on the consumer side for with fly fishing is that you really do need a range. Like if, like if you immerse yourself in the sport and start doing things, traveling, saltwater, freshwater, trout fishing, this, that you need a whole bunch of stuff. You need four or five different setups. You need an eight-weight rod and a five-weight rod and a nymphing rod and a this and that. And like, again, it just as at like as you progress in the sports, and not only does it make very little sense for for sort of a younger consumer uh, at the beginning, it makes even less sense as they go along because it just multiplies. It's like, wait, a minute, now I wait, what? I need a whole fucking other two thousand dollars setup if I want to go fish for striped bass with a fly rod. It's fucking insane. And so that like, yeah, oh God, we need to move on to a new subject. Cause I'm gonna, like, I literally will talk about this all day. Uh, but anyway, that's my, that's my whole thing with this, with this conversation, so many levels of it. And, um, and, uh, it doesn't actually work for the consumer. And like a lot of times consumers don't see it, but. And I, and they don't even have to think about it, but I mean, I, yeah. I, I want to like, let's, let's table this. Cause I, I definitely want to get back into this at yeah. a later date. Um, yeah. I mean, you got me fired up. Jeez. Yeah, dude. I'm so fired. <laughs> Literally, it's just fucking this stuff drives me nuts. But yeah. anyway, we're getting close to the end of of uh, our conversation here. I got two more questions cool. for you. One: What is some of the biggest mistakes you've made um, along, you know, building ooh. post fly? Ooh, 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 ooh. Well, no, numero uno um, was uh, you know trying to. <laughs> 
trying to start a uh, full full scale commercial fly tying operation on the other side of the world uh, with no experience uh, doing <laughs> that. That again, it worked. It actually worked. Long run, it worked out. Glad glad it happened. But like that was that was that was a tough one. Um, you know, I don't know, man. It's um. We, you know, we still do. We're, you know, we, 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 um, you know, we make mistakes, right? Like we, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, I mean, we're a young-ish, I say we're young, doing it for eight years now, but like we're a youngish company. We're, um, we're we're pretty nimble and, um, you know, we, we definitely make mistakes. I I think our big, um, sort of the big thing is not making the same mistake twice. Um, I mean, that, that'll just fucking kill you if you keep doing the same thing over and over again. But um i don't like other than the other than the like factory thing like there isn't this there isn't like one glaring thing like you know i've hired the wrong people in the past like but that's not not unique to me that happen to anybody um and you know you learn from it and you try to figure out what are what are the characteristics and sort of you know personalities and whatever of, of, of somebody that like really fits well at a you know, at a place like this and a sm- and works well on a small team and all that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I think really the only, like, what is the biggest mistake thing? Like it's really, that was the one was, was deciding to go down uh, that road of, uh, of doing the, the commercial operation overseas. And, you know, until it, until the other end of it appeared, uh, there was a, there, that was a that was a dark time. That was a tough time. That was that was just very bad. Uh, and uh, like I said, it all it all almost ended during that uh, that period. So um, I'm glad we uh, I was glad we made it through that, so we could see see what's on the other side. Um, so lastly, this actually ties in nicely with the previous question. But what advice would you give someone that wanted to start a business? Ooh, ooh, put my Gary V hat on here. Um, yeah, exactly. Um. I mean, literally like just do it. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't think there's uh, I really don't think there's any other, other sort of more important thing. Um, there are a million reasons why you shouldn't start a business. Yeah. Many, you know, your, your parents will tell you them, your, your significant other, your, your potentially, you know, your, your kids, your friends, your all this stuff. million reasons why you shouldn't do it. Um, and very few why you should only a couple <laughs> so it's uh it's it's very at, at that at, at the front edge there it can be very very daunting um and at some point you just have to fucking dive like you you can't you can't worry you can't like over planning business planning all this stuff like i'm i'm a pretty big you know i think other people do things different ways and you you probably had people answer this question you know it, it, completely opposite for me but like i'm a big uh i'm a big sort of proponent of like experience over things like you know for example like even education like i i would say you know if you're going to start a business start a business don't go get an mba to you know because your plan is to get an mba then start start a business like don't fucking worry about just start the fucking business because reality is you probably don't need the mba to do any of the things that you're doing your business um and like Stop, like don't put things in front of you don't put hur- don't don't put hurdles there that don't need to be there just like do it don't be afraid of failing um probably the number one like you know sort of uh like teacher in the process is, is failure 
it's going to happen a lot. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, you got like, it's like, you got to just fucking pick your boots up. Like, okay, that didn't work. What do we learn? Move on. Okay. It didn't work. And like all that type of stuff. And that's, and that's it, man. Like you got, like, you just got to go. Um, yeah. and find, you know, so having a support system is huge. Like find the people again, like significant others or friends or whatever, like see it's makes it a hell of a lot better when you got a cheerleader. Like, again, if it's like a husband, wife or whatever at home, like I I'm lucky. My, my wife was like, you know, for the most part, like very, very <laughs> supportive of this. She did like even a few times where she wanted to kill me, but like, you know, she was a cheerleader for me and I, I can't, I don't know for me personally, if it was the other way around and if she was more negative than positive, what that would have done to me in the context of this thing. Like, would I have been able to plow through that or whatever? And so I think that that would be tough. So finding, you know, finding a, just having, having a cheerleader and, or a mentor or whatever is, is probably, uh, you know, probably good. But anyway, yeah, just fucking yeah. do it. I should, I should copy that. I should, uh, I should trademark that saying, just do it. I don't think anybody's ever used that before. Yeah, no, maybe never like, heard it. Have, I've never heard that. I've never you can get heard like that. a nice logo, just like a check mark. Yeah, like a check mark. Like check yeah. it off. Like check it. Like swoosh, swoosh. Just do it. Trademark. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Done. Brian, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. Um, for anyone listening, where's the best place to find out more about Postfly? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it confusing, but postflybox.com. Check out Postfly. We do all our fly fishing subscription boxes. Um, we also have Wade Rods. It's called the WadeRodCo.com. Um, you can find rods and reels there. And then also, didn't really get into it um, today, but uh, we have a sort of newer, younger uh, subscription box program for saltwater fishing, not fly fishing, but saltwater nice. fishing called BadFishSupply.com. So that's where you can find out uh, about us. And um, yeah, man, um, thank you for the, the time. And um, yeah, this is great. Great chat. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.